the vision of the church. You are the light of the world. There's a, there's a map on my uh, wall in my study with a little red dot. I got it from Church Suite, and they use Church Suite here as well. A little red dot of where everybody who comes to the church lives in the whole wider community. I use that to pray. God, would you make them all a light in every street and every part of our community? They are the light of the world. It's the vision of the church. And I want to say right at the start of this talk as well, one of the things I love about this place that attracted me to come to this place in the first place that continues to inspire me about with your leaders is they have big vision. They go big to make a big noise and to shine a big light, not to put anything under a bowl, but put it up on a pillar. We'll come to that reading. So that the whole area, the whole community, that this might be a beacon on the greens and that the whole community would see that Jesus is the light of the world and that the church is the light of the world for their community. And they go big. There are a lot of churches out there. I have to challenge myself with their leadership. There are a lot of churches out there who just aim for what's comfortable and what's okay. And a lot of those churches, tragically, are really struggling now. Because actually, their whole churches are people who have become okay with just keeping going. One of the best and most important and gospel things about this church is it aims big and it aims to shine brightly. And there'll be a call in every season and every generation, there will be on this church as well, to go big and to shine brightly again. And the world right now needs it. It needs the church to be the light of the world for them. And, and I kind of want to say, and I'd say it to my church too, Gospel is too important, and the need is too urgent, and life is too short to not go to shine brightly. Don't waste your time with little things. Go big. You're the light of the world. There's one um, part. Remember we read that uh, prayer from the baptism service um, at the end of our last session? God has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has given us a place with the saints in light. You have received the light of Christ. Walk in this light all the days of your life. And Richard and Nicola and others here might have known there's one more bit that comes. Everybody responds. Shine as a light in the world to the glory of God the Father. That's what this talk is about. We receive the light of Christ. We walk in that light all the days of our life, and we are called as God's church to shine as a light in the world to the glory of God the Father. Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 14 to 15 to you. 14 to 16. Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. By the way, you wouldn't normally build a town on a hill. It's very hard to transport everything up there. There's no natural water source necessarily there. You normally build it in a valley. It's easy to get everything down. It's kind of countercultural. What we are called to as the church is to be a counterculture, to shine, to be a city on a hill, to shine brightly. And that's countercultural. That actually doesn't make sense to the world. Anyway, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a, its stand, 
and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When God first called the nation of Israel under Abraham, he said that they had a calling to be a light to the nations. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Paul says to the early church, for once you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. This is a theme, as we've already highlighted in this church. You're to be a beacon on the greens. I remember the last Christmas um, I was here before we left. I don't know if people remember it. We had a little, our Christmas advertising campaign was like a light bulb, rather cool light bulb. And it was all about that. Jesus is the light of the world. The light has shone in the darkness. Some of my favorite pictures as I reminisce and look back at our time at the Lantern, actually some of those cool pictures are of, I found ones of Kia Shreves leading uh, um, uh, uh, Advent service, speaking at an Advent service with candles and lights all around. It's like, yeah, that building's a light again. The gospel is being preached in that place again. I found another picture with actually Lydia. We, you must encourage Lydia. She helped organize this whole day. Isn't she brilliant? Um, so when you see her later at lunch or something, just, just tell her she's amazing. Um, but uh, Lydia was an intern at the time, and there's this photo of Lydia and some of our young people who now are older people here, <laughs> having a prayer meeting at the heart of St. Albans and writing prophetic pictures and stuff on temporary blackboards, which were blackboard paint over cardboard, <laughs> and, and drawing pictures of lights and lighthouses and fireworks exploding. There's a calling on that place and on this church to be a light. You're the light of the world. For this second session, there's, you'll be pleased to know, there isn't as much for me up front. There's more questions to ask of you. And you've got your sheet in front of you, and on the back there's a picture. If you like to doodle, you can doodle. But here are some simple questions from today's passage. It's not profound. You can read it off the, out of the Bible. You don't need a theology degree. There's some obvious questions that come from this word to us. Verse 15 says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. The purpose of light is found in the darkness, isn't it? Presumably, if we're to be the light in the world, and the world needs that, it's because there's darkness that needs illuminating. Where are the places, the lonely places or the dark places, that you are called to, the hurting places that you, like Katie, are called to be light. We, we have these um, fancy smart bulbs in our house. And when we leave the house, the lights automatically go off. We don't have to remember. Where are the places that God is calling you that if you walk out the room, there isn't a light there anymore? They just, it just goes off. People are left in darkness. Because the purpose of light is found in the darkness. The purpose of Mohammed Salah is to put a hat-trick past Man United. The purpose of a key is found in the lock. 
purpose of the church is to light up the darkness. Where are the places of darkness that God is calling this church to in this season and that without shining there, there wouldn't be a light there? I think of a couple of our young people who are upper school, secondary school, um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, a pupil died. And uh, just the week before, I think it was, two of our young people started to see you there. It feels like there's a battle between light and darkness at that school. And it feels as soon as we try and turn on a light, the enemy has a go. Where are the places that you are in now or that God may be calling you or this church to where you need to be the light of the world? And questions you might begin to ask or doodle on the back of your thing is inside that kind of dotted line, that sphere of influence of your house or even inside your house. What are the places? Who are the people? You might want to put the people in the house. Write some names. How intentional are you about have you got a list of people you know you're praying for that you might be a light to them, that through hospitality, drawing them closer, they might see you with a light shining for them? It's one of just really practical ways. My wife's brilliant at this. There's a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a woman we know called Sarah at the school gate, and I'd invited her to Alpha twice. I'd been praying for her and inviting her to Alpha twice, and she said no. And this time I was, I was praying about who to invite to our Alpha course. And again, she came to mind. I was like, oh, she's never going to, she always says no to me. So I said, honey, do you think you could ask Sarah to Alpha this time? She's on Alpha. She's been every week because Michelle asked her, basically. <laughs> so that's my lesson. Just get Michelle to ask. And she's on Alpha at the moment. Who are you praying for? Who are you being intentional about? What are the everyday things. The fascinating thing about this bowl in the text, remember it talks about this bowl, don't put a bowl on. It, it's, um, it's a really simple everyday bowl apparently that's referring to, like a, like a measuring bowl that you might use every day. I, I thought as I was thinking about this, what are the, the simple everyday things that I might do that put a bowl on my light? What are some of the simple everyday things that I might just subdue that conversation or not be as bold at that moment in work, or not be as intentional in praying for people that they come to see Jesus. What are the bowls in your life at the moment? Maybe it's a, oh, they'd never say yes to that invitation. Ask Michelle twice then, and they'll say yes. It can be really simple things. There's three elderly ladies who were loved before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, had no one to look after them, would have been extremely lonely, but for a lovely elderly couple in our congregation who checked in on them, called them regularly, really simple things, just raised the light a bit. All three of them, all three of those older ladies gave their lives to Jesus three weeks ago on our Alpha course. They were chomping at the bit. Week two, they were like, we get it, we want what, we want what you have, we get it, we want to be a Christian. <laughs> Liz was just like, just wait till next week. You haven't had, just hold them off. You haven't had enough of the gospel yet. Have some respect for Alpha. Let them at least get to, at least get to how can I have faith before you. Sure enough, the next week, 
held them off a week. Gladly, none of them died before that moment. Um, uh, they came along. <laughs> God's grace would have been fine. But anyway, they were there that third week, and all three of them made that first-time commitment to Jesus. Part of why they came in and eyes were open to Jesus being the light of the world and the light that they really needed is because Liz and Chris had just in really simple neighborly ways loved them and made sure they weren't lonely. There's an opportunity now for the church where actually, and I'm sure it's true of this church and I know it's true of ours by the grace of God, where disciples have simply loved people in simple ways and now there is an openness to the gospel that there wasn't there before. There's an openness to the invitation of church because they know that the church has made a difference and has loved them in this season. So there are little things that you can do, everyday things, like the everyday bowls and the everyday task it would have been pre-hue light bulbs and electricity to light a light and put it on a stand to everyone around you in your, in your house, in your home, where you have kingdom presence and influence, could see your light. What are the things that you could raise the light with a bit more, everyday things? What are the everyday things that could remove those bowls a little bit in your life? There might also be big things. There might be that big, gutsy, faith call, I need to stand for something now. It might happen in your workplace. For our youth worker, it happened six months ago um, when another, this is why we need to fight the battle at that school, another boy, Cameron, died of cancer at that school. And they found out that morning that the head teacher said to Jared, who was going in to do some chaplaincy work there, um, that day, he's amazing. He's been on, on Arrow with Zeri, actually, your youth worker. But um, he arrived that morning, and the deputy head called him and said, Cameron's died. We've got to announce it to 400 of his classmates, his year group. Can you say something? Jared knew in that moment, this is a, this is a big moment. I've got an opportunity here. And I can shine a light. Or I can downplay it. And of course he did it sensitively. But he got up on that stage after the news had been announced. And he proclaimed the gospel of hope to 400 children who just lost a friend of theirs. There'll be everyday ways you can take the bowls off and raise the light. And just be a good neighbor and love people. Occasionally for some of you, and maybe this is chiming with you now. As you think of something, maybe as a... In leadership, in church here, there's a big ask coming. Well, will you shine brightly? You are the light of the world. And so if I'm coming into land really now, at which point Dennis Adidi would usually laugh at me from a seat over there. Because you think, right, about half an hour to go then. But no, honestly, I'm nearly finished. If Jesus is the light of the world, you can see this, this table near the end of your notes. He's the glory of God. He brings glory to God. We are the light of the world. We are to let our light shine before others that they may see and glorify our Father in heaven. Jesus is the light of the world. He's with us in the darkness. His presence is with us. We are not alone. We're truly at home in him. We are the light of the world. We carry the presence of God. We are to shine for him in the world and remind people that Jesus also is with them. Jesus is the light of the world. If we follow him, 
we will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We are the light of the world. We have the light of life, the truth of the word of God to guide us and illuminate our path and help us to lead others home to Jesus. As I was preparing, I was reminded both of that bit from the baptism service, and forgive me, but I was also reminded of something else. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let, I can't sing, so please help me out. This little light of mine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Can I invite you to stand and we're going to pray. just give uh, the Lord again just a bit of space we're going to worship again I think a little bit to close but let's um, just invite the spirit of God to to raise that chorus I guess in our hearts again now for some people here they're not ready to think about the shine bit they need to almost go back to the first bit and the receive bit and Lord help me to walk closely with you bit Heavenly Father, again, Spirit of God, fall on your people, ignite in people afresh again your light, the light of life in their hearts. Lord, help them to identify the people that they can be a light to. bowls, the things on the, the stand that can raise it higher. And quite apart from anything they can do, Lord, would you, in your power, in this time, in this place, in this nation that needs the light of the church to shine, would you do something that is incalculable in this community? Yes, would you raise up your church to shine? in this place, but Lord, would you make people aware in our community of their need for that light? Give this church fresh faith and courage to shine brightly. 